What's up, Rad Dads, and welcome back to another episode of the Rad Dads podcast, hosted by none other than the two raddest dads on the East Coast. In studio with me tonight is Rob, and we also have a special guest on, Isaiah. Isaiah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be a part of this Rad Dad show. We're happy to have you. So Isaiah is a board-certified psychiatrist, mental health nurse practitioner, specialized in addiction medicine. He has experience with depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, heroin addiction, cocaine, meth, porn, and food addictions. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm pretty passionate about mental health. Do you want to give us a little bit more about yourself and about um, NoX.net? Yeah, so uh, I'm a like like you said, a psychiatric nurse practitioner. So um, I, I found that uh, there was lacking in uh, pornography addiction. It, it's running rampant, and there's there's really no good treatments. I, I stumbled upon um, I was working in alcohol addiction, and over the course of a couple of months, a couple of, uh, about a handful of guys said. I no longer take this for this medication for alcohol. It, it keeps me away from porn. And I thought, man, that's really brave because there's a lot of shame surrounding pornography addiction. I, I'd rather be an alcoholic than a porn addict. That's that's way less severe, uh, less shameful in our society. Uh, so then I started doing some research, some medical research. And, uh, and there's been a several medical studies about medication for pornography. And I thought, wow, that's, that's, that's great. So I need, I need some resources to give my patients so, uh, to send them nobody's doing it nobody knows about it and so i got I, I, so i've been doing it for the last two years in my private practice and got with a colleague and we decided we need to take this nationwide so we hired a third-party telemedicine agency and uh, we're in all 50 states now uh, providing medication for pornography addiction and i can go in, into a little more detail about the medication in a little bit but um it's it's easy access uh, who's gonna go wants to go into their doctor and say yeah i'm a porn addict and what doctor's gonna say, oh, here's some medication I heard about. They're gonna say, here, go to therapy. I'm like, okay. So, uh, so yeah, we're all in all 50 states, convenient um, telemedicine, and uh, that, that's what NOX does. We decided not to do the therapy part. I highly recommend therapy, but there's so many good therapists out there, and that's not lacking. What's lacking is the medication portion. So that, that's super interesting. I never ever knew that there was a medication for porn addiction. So. Just to, to tie into that, how does someone know they have an addiction to porn? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, I meet people who are uh, the stereotypical porn acts, watch porn all day, every day. And I meet people who are the non-stereotypical ones, watch porn once a month. And it depends on how you define an addiction. It depends on how you define the word addiction. Well, I define it as continue, uh, doing something that's harmful to you wanting to quit and not being able to. So for example, I had this guy, a religious person, went to church, played in the church band. He would watch porn on Saturday night, go to church Sunday, feel horrible, you know, ask for forgiveness, I'm not gonna do this again. Go six months without watching porn and then slip up. And then another three months of porn free and then slip up. Well, this went on for 10 years. And then he just couldn't break the habit. And he, of course he felt like a hypocrite, guilty, shame, all this stuff, this medic got him on some medication, gave him just enough push to, to, to get him into, to, to get him over the hump for, um, for the porn addiction. So that's a good question. How do you know you're a porn addict? And it's, it goes back to addiction. Like, 
do you how do you feel about watching porn is it something that you're okay with is it something that that doesn't sit well with you uh, I, did, I did a podcast and uh the host was like, I, I watch porn. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not here to tell you porn's right or wrong. That's not my job. But here's some, some objective facts is pornography is the third leading cause of uh, sex trafficking in America. Like, are you, that, that means some of the people you watched on porn aren't there willingly. Are you okay with it? And, and of course, we changed the subject shortly after because that's pretty awkward to talk about. Uh, but um, so yeah, when, when is your report? So some of the objective signs of porn addiction and what makes porn addiction so insidious is nobody has to know about it. And you know, if you're an alcoholic, eventually you're gonna have so some objective signs that you're intoxicated to the people around you. You're gonna, but with porn, like you can hide it pretty well. Of course, eventually, once you get down that road, it's gonna be anxiety. Uh, if I, if you haven't watched porn in a while, it's going to be um, depression, and we can talk about the down regulation of dopamine regarding um, the the addiction process in the brain. It actually changes the chemical makeup of the brain, causing more depression. Uh, then some more objective things about porn: um, nine out of ten videos have aggression or violence towards women. Like, are you okay with that? And and then that teaches the men that. You know, aggression towards women during sex is okay. It teaches women that it's okay if they're aggression aggressive to me, and, and that's just not that's not okay, and that's not real. And and uh, so yeah, um, so, so circle back to, to your original question: How do you know if you're a porn addict? It's very if it's something that you that you are if if you've tried to quit and and wasn't able to quit, that's that's the first sign. And then if it's something that you turn to when you're anxious, turn to when you're uh, can't sleep, when you when you're mad, uh, you had a rough day at work, uh, those are all signs. Those are those uh, you're self medicating with uh, something that provides a dopamine release. So also, if you're watching at work, that could be a sign that you're uh, you're addicted to porn. Huge one. Twenty percent of guys admit to watching porn at work. That's kind of a lot. I, I, I mean, I had no idea that there was an issue with porn addiction. No idea. Oh, yes. It, it's, it's crazy. 98% uh, of men have watched porn in the last six months. And it's not just men. 60% of women have watched porn in that same time. That's kind of a lot, too. And then the, then the type of porn, uh, what's, what's watched. You, you and I were young. It was uh, Playboy magazine, right? A topless woman. Like, that, that was awesome as a 10-year-old. Right. Well, one, the average age of um, first exposure to porn is 11 years old now, but it's not the Playboys. It's the hardcore porn hub, crazy porn that they have unlimited access to. So when we were growing up, it, it was a, a dirty magazine in, the, in that one weird uncle's uh, closet that you would find once a month. And, and, and you would hit the jackpot and then you may not you may not get access for another six months. Right. So, but now that's not the case. If you have an internet connection, that's that's all you need. And as dads, as a dad-focused show, we need to we need to um, be aware that that this is a uh, this is pretty crazy out there. We need to prepare our children for the world. And this is one aspect. Whether you have a son or a daughter, this is one aspect that that needs addressed. Yeah, I think it's something as a as a father that is 
important, as you said, to be addressed regardless if, if you have a, a son or a daughter. And I think it's educating them. It's, I think it's going to be a much more awkward conversation for fathers with daughters than it will be fathers with sons. But it is awkward any, like, any way you slice it or dice it. One of my questions that, that I actually wrote out to ask you was, so what's the difference between when we were kids in the 90s, say in the 90s, mm-hmm. and looking at Playboys or Penthouse? versus or vhs because we did have vhs back then remember you know it it is true like there's a there's a drastic difference between what we saw as children and what these kids are seeing as children yeah huge difference and so one of the things that that i'm very curious is you know you talk about porn addiction and you have you know four four daughters how how do you protect your kids from from porn how do you you know all our kids, and I have a 11-year-old, 11 and a half year old. He has a phone already. How do you regulate that? How do yeah. you make sure that that doesn't happen, especially with dynamic IPs, which makes it more difficult to lock stuff coming in and out of your network? Right. Yeah, that's that's a hard question to to, to answer, but it's necessary. So yeah, I have four daughters, age two to 11, and I told my girls, I said I'm going on the Rad Dad Show, which is pretty cool name by the way, and they said. Are you going to just sit around and tell dad jokes the whole time? <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm pretty sure that telling a dad joke is a requirement of the guest to be on the show. So I thought, well, maybe you're not far off. <laughs> so uh, this one's for uh, my daughter, Kara. She goes, dad, tell the, tell the Captain Hook joke. It's like, okay. <laughs> so, so, so where did Captain Hook get his, his hook hand? Where, he, he got it at the local secondhand store. and but but more interesting is what makes a dad what makes a a joke a dad joke what's that when it becomes apparent (laughs) (laughs) oh he's loaded with them that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh but yeah i have four daughters my oldest maya um she she's uh, amazing amazing and um She's uh, she's into jujitsu, and uh, this is actually what got me into it. Uh, I, I heard a statistic: one out of four women are raped or molested by age twenty-five. That just blew my mind. I was like, I have four daughters. I was like, we got to do something, and uh, and so I, I I looked around, and most reasonable martial arts to prevent rape, I would assume, would be jujitsu. It was like ground on the ground wrestling type thing. So. They're into jiu-jitsu. She just competed at her first competition uh, early in the month. Uh, got third place. It's wonderful. I'm so proud of her. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, as a, as a dad of four daughters, it's that was one of the reasons why I started this company. Uh, so, um, I heard this phrase: "You have to be the man you want your daughter to marry," and that that right there changed my life. And I was like, "No way!" That that that. Um, mind blown there and then I got to thinking how are my daughters going to find a spouse who hasn't been influenced by porn and I'll say all people influenced by porn are bad which isn't but it goes back to the statistic nine out of ten videos have aggression or, or, or violence towards women in porn do I want my daughters being treated like that by their husbands like no so then I was like I have to do something and and it started this company and even if we make a, a dent a 10 percent dent in the in the porn addiction uh, it, it it's gonna it's gonna help so how do we protect our kids uh first you have to talk with your kids 
And you said it before, it's awkward. But I always say it's only awkward if you make it awkward. And if for the parents who can't say penis or vagina without giggling or, or in front of their kids and, and they think they're ashamed of those words, well, they're, they're, those, those kids have no chance. Come on. You have to use some anatomical uh, phrases like this is a proper language to use. There's nothing um, to be shameful about. This, it's, this is our body. So, um, uh, so it, it's so I said at the average age of first exposure is 11, right? But that kids start younger. So out of all the pediatric patients, you know, 17 and under who watch porn, 22% are of porn is consumed by eight and nine year olds. That's one fifth. Wow, that's insane. Crazy. So that is not, that's a crazy statistic. It's never too early to talk to your kids about about porn. There's a good book, uh, uh, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, for like the younger kids, six, seven, eight, uh, things like that. And it just talks about pornography and what good pictures, bad pictures, obviously. Um, and you just have to t talk to your kids. Define this is what pornography is. Read the definition from Google if you have to. That's fine. But your kids, ninety four percent of kids are going to be exposed to porn by age fourteen. So it's, it's gonna happen. I always say there's a, there's a storm coming, let's grab an umbrella. We know it's gonna happen, let's prepare for it. Give your kids the vocabulary they need. This is what porn is. This is what I expect you to do if you are exposed to porn. Whatever you, whatever you as a parent decide. I say, I told my kids, identify it for what it is. In your head say, this is pornography. Then turn around and come tell an adult. Uh, come tell mom or dad. And, and as, as dads, our job is to not get angry, not to get too angry. You know, if, if your, your kid was exposed to porn at the neighbor's house by their older brother, cousin, whomever, you, yes, you should be upset. But don't go calling their parents screaming at them and, and, and never let them go back there because you're giving the message to your kids that, that this is, this is uh, that one, you don't know how to control yourself and this is wrong. And like, obviously porn for kids is wrong I think everybody can agree with that, but you're not making it a safe place for your kid to tell you. You need to say this, make it safe for them. Thank you for telling me. How did that make you feel? What did that feel like? Because internally, we all have a conscious. And I, I was 10 years old when I was exposed to porn on a VHS tape, right? So I knew it was wrong. Deep inside my chest, I knew like I shouldn't be watching this. But I was 10 years old and I couldn't look away. Right? So, so we all know what's right and wrong. And, and your kid will know, like, how did that make you feel? What, 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 do, your think, what do you think about that? And give them the, the, the words. And heck, there's even a feelings wheel and we use in psychiatry for kids. It goes through all the different feelings. We have it on a pillowcase at our house. And I like, just pick a feeling. Like, how does it make you feel scared? Or, there's just like a hundred different feelings that you can choose from. Because oftentimes the kids don't know. They, you know they, they know how they feel, they just can't express it because they don't have the vocabulary. So that's the first step. Obviously, um, we talked, uh, kind of mentioned adult content blockers. Right. Um, so as your kids are younger, adult filter blockers, there's uh, several, several out there uh, that will block your IP address. Um, there's some that you put on your phones and your computers that will monitor every single thing that goes on that computer. Bark, for example, is a pretty decent one because it also monitors for uh, bullying and things like that. 
But you also can't, uh, you can't uh, control what happens at the neighbors or on the bus or all this other stuff in between. So uh, like I said, talk to your kids. And as your kids get older, there's accountability software. I tend to, to recommend once they hit a, a, an age where they can reason, and, and typically between uh, 11 and 12, they, they have reasoning skills. And maybe give them another year or two to develop that. Switch over from adult content filters to accountability software. So um, you're, you're giving your kid enough uh, rope to hang themselves while you still have influence on them while you can say uh, have some sway over them as opposed to putting them in a bubble as soon as they turn 18 go to college that's all they do is watch porn because they've never seen it before hey Isaiah, what is uh accountability software yeah that's a good question the the biggest one is um covenant eyes and that one is a faith-based one but it doesn't uh, you don't have to use it that way uh so you you sign up uh, different emails of people you trust and who are willing to ask those hard questions so anytime my, I, I look up a, a, a site that has a rating of an adult content or, or suspicious for porn, my accountability buddy gets an email saying, hey, Isaiah's watch this email and I'll send him a link or watch this video or watch, it was at this page and I'll send him a link. And a lot of the times they're false alarms, but um, it, 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 uh, it, it throws in a, a different type of self-regulation. Uh, so it, it's uh, you're you're allowed to choose um, to choose what you're gonna do. So you said that was Covenant Eyes. Yes, Covenant Eyes. Yeah, Covenant Eyes. So I, I think one of the main ways to to help your kids and make them understand is is having that conversation, having that open dialogue, and explaining to them what it is. So I preferred my kids hearing it from mom and dad, what it was, what it is. I went over proper terminology. I went over slang terms. And when I tell you the looks, the looks on their faces, uh, they were, they were shocked. So <clears throat> I said, this is what, this is what you're going to hear in school. You're going to hear it from your friends. And I prefer that you hear it from mom and dad, what it is, what it's, called properly the slang terms and we, we we spoke about sex as well we told them how it happens we told them how babies are made because there was an incident a friend of our, a mutual friend of ours um uh, has a daughter and he's got all these filters on his his router and he got notified that someone in his household went to a porn site so turned out it was his daughter and the the reasoning she gave him was well everybody was talking about it at school i, I wanted to i wanted to look it up for myself and see how it happened see how it works and that was one of the stories another story i, I worked with a woman um years ago and her 15 year old daughter she was gaining weight uncontrollably and and she didn't know why um, the, the, the woman I worked with, she was a female laborer, worked for a construction company. We worked crazy hours. So after taking her to the doctor, she found, the doctor finally told the mom, hey, your daughter's pregnant. The daughter's excuse to the mom was, you never told me about sex. You never told me what to expect. You never told me how to feel. So those two incidents, I, I, that's why I wanted to tell my kids, I got three girls, you have four. Right now, my girls are 11, 12, and 13. I, I've laid it out for them. I said, this, this, this is what it is. 
These are the terms you're going to hear from your friends, and this is how it happens. Was it an uncomfortable conversation? Hell yeah, 100%. But my kids now know. So, yeah, awareness. Awareness is key. Yes, there are parents that are going to have that hard time or difficult time having that conversation because it, it, it's, it's sex. You know, it's, it's talking about sex. Some kids may take it well and other kids, you know, might, it might take them a while to absorb what you had just told them. But open communication, honesty, and having that conversation. I mean, the statistics you said, 22% of porn is being watched by, what, eight and nine-year-olds? Yeah, is that what you said? 22% of porn yeah. watched by pediatric kids, you know, 1,700. Okay. Out so of those, that's, that's, that's still a lot, lot right? Yeah. I mean, eight years old, nine years old, that's, that's, too, that's, that's too much. So me, I, thought, I think I was late. You know, I, I told my kids when they were 10, 11, and 12. So my 12-year-old, she, she probably heard it in school already. Probably, yeah. So, yeah. So that, that, that's, that's how I handled it in my house, yes. Uh, there are still conversations that we have that come up every so often, and we just remind them, hey, you know, this is, this is what it is, and this is what you can expect. Because, uh, you know, health class, health class the, the, what you, me, you, and Rob went through years ago is not the same as today. They changed the curriculum. They don't, they, 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 don't, they don't identify a male and a female. They don't identify a penis and a vagina. They just identify people exist. It's it's just it's just crazy, it's it's it, it's insane. But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yes. Rob, Rob is smirking. Um, so I, I just wanted to to educate my kids uh, on the terms, the slang terms, and just how it happens. Yes, definitely uncomfortable conversation. But to all the dads out there, that conversation should be had between you and your kid, and not with their friends at school because with their friends at school it's it's what he said she said they said you know it's never how it really happens make them aware so they're educated they probably hear you know nonsense at school absolutely and that's just the first step so i know whether you're a dad at home who who says you know there's nothing wrong with porn and you say you, you know tell your kids wait till till you're this is for adults you know you can't watch it as a kid once you're an adult you can watch it well, you know, like I said before, I'm not here to tell you, yes, it's okay. No, it's morally wrong. But there are some objective damaging evidence from uh, medical studies that, that show the harmful effects of pornography and, and also the, the way it changes your brain. So what we know about brain imaging is, is uh, Im brain imaging of a brain and brain imaging of an addict's brain, they physically look different. It changes the chemical makeup of the brain. A uh, study in 2015 compared the, uh, the cocaine addict's brain versus a chronic pornography user's brain. Those changes were almost identical. And that study went on to, to tote that pornography is more addictive than cocaine. Why? Because of the avail availability, affordability, and anonymity. Nobody has to know. It's completely free and it's everywhere. But it does the same stuff to the brain. It releases that dopamine. And then, like I mentioned before, downregulation of dopamine. And, and, and uh, long story short, what it does is it, it makes you depressed. It, your brain says, there's way too much dopamine in here. This isn't right. I, I need to achieve homeostasis. So your brain starts turning off dopamine receptors, saying, I, I got too much. I need to turn it off. You turn off dopamine receptors, you're going to get depressed. And that's how chronic porn users get depressed. 
That's insane. That is crazy. This, uh, this brain imaging of, of a heroin addict and, and a porn addict is, is almost identical. That's crazy. They don't tell you that when you when you first Google porn, right? <laughs> there's no disclaimer <laughs> about it. <laughs> no, there's no warning sign. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like I said, it, it's the silent epidemic because a lot of people are addicted and nobody knows about it. For the treat for treatment of porn, would you? What would your recommendation be? Therapy and medication, or straight to medication? I know you have a business behind the medication piece, right? But... Oh, definitely, therapy is the gold standard, and I definitely recommend that. Uh, here's the thing: people go through therapy and they don't change. <laughs> it works as long as you're motivated, but. Um, uh, this is uh, the oftentimes by the time people uh, want treatment for therapy for want treatment for pornography their life is in shambles their wife caught them watching porn watch porn at work they're on probation at work didn't really lose their job uh, then they decide oh i need to seek help for it <laughs> and, and at that point you're ready to your life is ready to fall apart i say let's throw everything at it including the kitchen sink right and, and if this medication helps great but yes, uh, therapy is definitely the gold standard. Recommend it. Cognitive behavioral therapy is the gold standard for addiction. Close second is motivational interviewing. This is a subtype of therapy. Highly recommend it. Wonderful uh, for addictions. Uh, my medication, I, I, I do two different medications. It can be one or the other or both. The first one, naltrexone, uh, FDA approved for alcohol use disorder and opiate use disorder. How it works is it, uh, uh, one, it makes a person less impulsive overall. And then two, it helps with intrusive thoughts about pornography. And then three, it limits the endorphin or dopamine release from external activities. So first question I usually get is, well, is it going to limit my dopamine release from exercise, from having sex, from hugging my kids? Short answer is no. It, it does differentiate the internal versus the external stimuli. It is used as a weight loss medication. So it is like a, you know, the, uh, comfort food people use. You know, I'm anxious. Let me eat some ice cream. Uh, that that it helps to reduce that. So that's why they use it as uh, weight loss medication. Second question I get is, will it affect my libido? No, this medication, it won't. And that's the beauty of it. And actually one study of naltrexone actually increased people's libido. So that's the first one, um, most popular, obviously, because the libido. Second one, citalopram, uh, any common SSRI, it's a common antidepressant. If you know anything about antidepressants, most common side effect is sexual dysfunction decreased libido, inability to orgasm or ejaculate. Well, I took that and there's been several studies. I'm not the first one to do it. I didn't invent anything. I just looked, read the medical research and said, hey, no one else is doing this. So we took that that side effect from the medicine and, and turned it into our main indication. So oftentimes people who are single, um, who are not sexually active, uh, teenagers, uh, early 20s, who, you know, college students who, who aren't sexually active, uh, with big presence in Christian colleges, things like that. Um, this medication reduces libido. If, if you're not actually sexually active, that's that's not going to be a, a huge issue for you. So does porn addiction affect uh, intimacy with sig your significant other? Absolutely. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. So yes, it, it affects intimacy several different ways. One, it changes your sexual expectations. Because porn, you and I kind of know in the back of our head, it ain't real. These are actors and actresses, right? 
you you can't start orgasming your your spouse can't start orgasming within within uh 30 seconds of the of starting right that that's that's not real and um so then your expectations are are false not only the the intensity of intimacy but also obviously the looks these people are, are, are all kinds of uh you know the ideal body for our society and uh, and that may not be the case for everybody but then it changes your your partner's self-esteem your partner knows you're you're watching porn and they think what's wrong with me why do they have to do that am i not pretty enough am i not good enough in bed and then oftentimes people who watch porn they want to mimic what they saw right try some new stuff well a lot of this stuff is degrading to their partner and how does your partner feel about that do they feel they have to do that to please you even though they they feel a little bit of shame or, or degradation about it like that that's gonna drive a wedge right in your relationship that's that's hard stuff yeah i can see where people try to take what they watch on tv or you know in porn porn flicks to the bedroom with their significant other and i can i can definitely see how it could you know be going in the wrong direction absolutely yeah so how how has how, how has become a father uh changed your life and what has it taught you yes that's a good now is that about porn or just in general just in general just uh being a dad and 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 you know having kids and, and raising your kids that's phenomenal um it's it's uh, obviously the best experience of my life i didn't know you just don't know you can love somebody that much and um how amazing it is to see like a little part of you grow up it, it's uh it's amazing i'm taking my my two of my daughters on a daddy daughter camp this weekend we're going for three days it's a it's a, it's a uh, daddy daughter camp it's all planned for them and everything it, it's uh i'm excited about it uh, and i love taking my girls to daddy daughter dances which my wife kind of pokes fun at me because i was a kid in high school i i really never did dances i never went to prom not that i i couldn't get a date or anything but I was like, yeah, this is, is a waste of time. But with my daughters, I love taking them to daughter, daddy-daughter dances and dancing with them and then looking like an idiot and, uh, and laughing uh, because, and I, I really analyze this because my wife really, <laughs> she really gets on me about it because uh, I take them to a lot of, like we travel for like an hour or two away to find a daddy-daughter dance. We go to like 10 a year. Um, of course I have four daughters. But I, I analyze this. Why do I like this so much? Because you know, dating, and even when you're married, there's just a little part of you that says, are you sure they like me? Do they really like me 100%? But with my daughters, there's no question. I know they're in love with me because they're my daughters and I love them back. And that right there gives me the freedom to, to look like an idiot on the dance floor at a daddy-daughter dance and and that just that that that's so so fulfilling but those are those are everlasting memories that you're you're creating with your daughters and something that they can always say that you know my father was always there for us or for yeah. me yeah that that's that's a special bond that's Absolutely. you know that's amazing Absolutely. how has becoming a father changed your life and what has it taught you 
Uh, obviously, it made me way more responsible. I had to sell my motorcycle. I was an ER nurse, so I saw all the horrible stuff with motorcycles, and I still did it. Uh, but once I had a kid, I was like, nope, I can't, I can't go dying on her. <laughs> I need to be there. So uh, changed my life. Obviously, made me more responsible. Um, what was the second part of the question? What What has it taught you? Like, oh. like our kids teach us so much. Yes. Um, teaches us that human nature uh, uh, human nature is just to rebel and we have to to, to main that uh, rein that in and we have to um, teach yourself discipline because uh, you know my kid at the age of two started lying I'm like who taught you how to lie like uh, my one daughter they're they're eight months apart so so they're almost like twins I'm like Sophia did you poop in your diaper no, Karis pooped in my diaper. Like, no, like, no, no, that, that's a, like, how do you even lie? So it, it teaches me like how I have to be disciplined. And I have to teach my daughters discipline. All my daughters are different and you have to parent them differently. And um, I was raised by the old school parents and, and, and like, you know, we weren't going to treat our kids differently. I'm like, they're different people. I'm going to treat different people differently. And so three, two of my daughters are homeschooled. Uh, one goes to public school. Why? Why? Because she needs the structure in her life. She needs that extra help that the, that the professionals can provide her. The other two, academically, no problem. The, the, the one has a little, little more behavioral issues and needs that structure of the school. And we, we do homeschool. We never said we're like uh, radical, crazy homeschool people that, that never going to go to school. Like We're going to do what's right for our kid. And for this kid at school that's what's right for her so um so yeah that's that's um uh, teaching uh, that's one thing i learned is um uh, kids are different and you have to treat them differently uh, obviously equal and uh, not going to treat one kid better than the other but they respond differently when one kid uh you, and uh of course spanking is, is kind of a taboo subject uh, i'm not opposed to it my one kid, you can spank her until she's blue. She she won't get the message. My other kid, I just tell her she's gonna get a spanking, and she straightens up like that. You don't even need to do anything. And so, um, yeah, just just being flexible with it as a as a dad, it's it's uh, learned a lot. All right, I think we're on to the rapid fire round. So, All right. started off. You you already did the hardest question, and you provided two answers. So, we'll bypass that. So, favorite food. Uh, tacos. Favorite book? Uh, a book series called The Land. It's a lit RPG, a, a literary role-playing game. It's a genre. It's uh, a little bit nerdy, but I, I like it. Definitely nerdy. Uh, favorite sports team? <laughs> uh, Ohio State Buckeyes football oh, team. Uh, where's that? Did you see that sign right behind uh, Sal's head? Yeah, Georgia. Let's see favorite how they do this moment. year. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Favorite, favorite dad, dad moment? moment? Yeah. Oh, Daddy-daughter dances. Yeah, I, I could hear that. Uh, yeah. Favorite vacation spot? Oh, I hate vacations. My wife hates me for this. I absolutely hate vacations. Why? Because I go out and spend money to go take care of kids who are out of their routine, so it makes everything ten times harder, and, and then I'm exhausted, then I get home and I'm tired. And I don't like new things. 
I always, I always say when I, I actually just came back from vacation yesterday, I need a vacation from the vacation. So when my kids were younger, yes, that was the case because you got running around, they're, they're out of their element, you know, they're out of their routine. But now that they're somewhat self-sufficient, it, it's, it's enjoyable, but there's still, you know, a lot of work to be yeah. done when you're on vacation. Absolutely. I always said, I, I'm gonna save my vacation money, buy a lake house and just sit there look at the water that's, yeah, that, that's awesome i mean for us the kids are just like being in the pool so we're just going places that have pools now we went to boston yeah. we're like we're gonna do all this historical stuff we like did like the first day and the kids were miserable i was like all right we went to the pool they were ecstatic i was like yeah we didn't come to boston to sit in the pool <laughs> so we kind of learned our lesson after a couple of times it. but now yeah. the, to style's point my kids are eight and eleven it's a little bit easier when they get older and they they can go swim by themselves and they have a good time yeah um all right can you tell our listeners where they can find you yeah nox.net so it's an no-x.net um if you still have questions you can go to our story and you can book a 10-minute free consultation with myself and we can talk about medication for pornography all kinds of stuff like that um so we're on some socials no-x telemedicine facebook and twitter and uh do you guys uh, also treat other addictions or just pornography addictions on no way? Yeah, so we, we treat specifically um, sex addiction, pornography addiction, internet sex addiction. It includes like voyeurism and things like that. Um, but I definitely, I can get uh, Naltrexone is kind of, it's used for alcohol use disorder. Like I said, it's used for weight loss. So um, uh, if somebody presents it, we, we're going to help them. Awesome. That, that's great. That's uh it's a tough industry. So I'm just, it I is. Can't yeah. even imagine what you hear, based on even like alcohol and, and you know cocaine and heroin. Never mind pornography and voyeurism. I didn't even think about that and sex addictions. Yeah. So yeah, oh yeah, I did heroin addiction for about five years, and, and I got a lot of stories. Yeah, and I, anybody, and, and I know that industry typically doesn't pay that well. You you know, definitely like bleeding hearts and giving back, and it's it's really you know it, it, I don't think. Most people might, so my wife does it. So I'm too, I'm too in the kind of the house, the house horn, but like, I don't think people really understand how much you give of yourself to do this type of, in, to it, type of work. It's, it's emotionally, it is emotionally demanding. It's a high burnout rate. Yeah. All right. Last question. You want to ask it, Sal? Last question that we ask all fathers. Uh, if you can impart uh, a few words of wisdom to all fathers, what would it be? That's a good question. You should have uh, prepared me for that one. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, could, it, it, it could be about, you know, your, your industry, what you do. It could be about, you know, yeah. raising kids and stuff like that. Just just anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, it could be faith-based, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, um, unfortunately, my wife makes fun of me. I'm the porn guy now. Um, so. <laughs> talk to your kids talk to your kids it, this is this is very important uh, I, I talked to a lady in her 40s who still remembers the moment moment her neighbor kid exposed her to porn and she still gets a, a, a disgusting feeling and she was like 10 years old like this is important to talk to your kids this, these these events are gonna change their lives and it's up to you to shape them how they're gonna change their lives and it could be a positive or it can be a negative couldn't agree more all right, Isaiah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it and all your insights onto this. Thank very, you so much uh, for having me. Yeah. Sometimes uncomfortable subject to discuss. It is. It is. Yeah. 
Isaiah, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thanks for coming on.